fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are here talking about Mistborn the Final Empire, the first book in the Mistborn trilogy. Yep. Yeah, it's like kind of our first like book analysis. No, we did Ender's Game. Yeah, we did Ender's Game that's like off the beaten path a little bit. I yeah. mean like Sanderson is still very like well-beaten path. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I was just say like very well-beaten path like for people who know fantasy. But if you're not, we hope that you uh, took a dive into this book to listen to this episode because it's it's definitely one of our favorites. And if you didn't, we're gonna talk about random shit for a while before we get into it. But right. you can listen to that and then and then jump back in. Then later. jump back in when you've read that book. But absolutely, please read that book because I I forgot how good it is. I know, even though we talk about all the time how good <laughs> it is, it's still it's still surprising. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into more of that, I'm sure. But let's start out with what we're drinking. So what's on? My flight tonight, Dalton. Yeah, we're back in person, so we have actually been able to get back to supplying each other with drinks. Um, so tonight I have given you Rabbit Hole Boxer Grail, which is a Kentucky, they call it a straight rye. Um, we talked in the whiskey episode that like um, a lot of times ryes will use the term straight because bourbon uses the term straight, although it's not actually part of like the, there's not like a, I don't believe that there's like an FDA requirement on the word straight. Um, but it has the same, they use it kind of in the same way. Um, so this is a 95% rye mash with 5% barley, so it's like pretty much going to taste like what a rye should taste like, you know, it's going to have the spice <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing. I think you had mentioned when we were talking before that, it, like it definitely like it, it smells like you would kind of expect it to smell like. Yeah. Um, I had also picked up some like, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I had picked up some like um, almost like a cherry skin or like a black tea, like some of the like tannin heavy fruit flavors in the, in the nose. Um, and then in the body, it's like, it's very forward with like rye spice and um, maybe a little bit of like honey or something. And like, you know, as it kind of starts to fade, and then the finish, it was it's like nice and smooth, especially for its proof, because it's a 95 proof, so it's actually like pretty heavy in alcohol. Um, I think you watered it back a little bit, which is probably a good idea since you've been drinking it for a yeah. while. But yeah, what are your thoughts on it? I, I like it. It's uh, you had me try it without watering it down first, and mm-hmm. that I mean like that was like a 95 proof whiskey yeah. that I drank, right? So, <laughs> but it, but for how much like how high of an alcohol content it had, it was very smooth. Yeah, right. It it, it didn't it especially after i smelled it like when i smelled it i was like oh wow this is gonna be strong but when i actually like tasted it i was surprised with how like not sh- like alcohol ish it was I, yeah words are hard apparently words are hard. <laughs> but i agree it's not like super like alcohol forward like just exactly. burning yeah yeah and now with the splash of water it, it does just kind of add takes away that burn just a little bit and mm-hmm. i'm really enjoying it. it good it yeah it's it's nice it's like i like i like the rye yeah um, the, because of like the Templeton was the, my favorite one from the yeah. from the tasting, so I, I I am really enjoying the rye, and so it, it's kind of nice to have another rye uh, kind of after a couple of these uh, the, the bourbons that I've been trying. Yeah, so for sure. yeah, I, I, I do think it. that's kind of like a kind of like a rye lover's rye a little bit in that it's going to be like very much just like what you expect from a rye, but done like pretty well with like it has like a little bit of extra complexity. It's not like super complex as a whiskey. Is this one that you would like make mixed drinks out of? Um, I would probably use a. I mean, I would probably use Templeton before using that one. Okay. So that was like a forty-five dollar bottle. So oh, it's, it's okay. a little bit of a nicer bottle. Um, it has like like three years of aging on it, and a lot of times, um, I think like Templeton hangs out around four as well. Actually, so it's like probably I think it's in the same range. But it, but it's not that expensive. It's Templeton not forty-five. Is not, it's no, like Templeton, a thirty. Yeah, ish. exactly. Yeah. So I would I would probably use that one over over this one. Okay. 
But if you did make a mixed drink out of it, it would, it would carry the alcohol for you <laughs> with the 95%. There you go. Or 95 proof. It's not 95%. Yeah. Cool. Very different drink. <laughs> you put that in cars. <laughs> <laughs> you could run planes on this stuff. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm enjoying it. It's... Again, like I'm these these are hard to judge a cheers. Is there a two and a half cheers? Uh, <laughs> I, I I do think it's probably like at at a two cheers. Like I would take it if someone gave it to me, type range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is it is really good. It's, but for like the price point, mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose Templeton over this. Yeah, every single time, and that's just me being a fanboy. But <laughs> <laughs> but especially for like you know paying fifty percent mm-hmm. extra, mm-hmm. I it doesn't outweigh like the rye that i typically go to yeah but it is a nice change it is a nice change and it apparently is a lot more effective so (laughs) (laughs) so we'll see how it goes i may change it may change it to a three in about 40 minutes or so that's true (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's one that gets better with it it. (laughs) it's it's now aged three years and 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) wonderful perfect (laughs) i like it Uh the elusive three year and 45 minute whiskey precision pristine <laughs> what about me what am i drinking so you are drinking <laughs> one that i bought because of the name so <laughs> last episode i bought a whiskey based off of the the, the cover which, yeah which you're not supposed to do apparently but i did it anyways and i bought this one straight off the name plus it's a, it's a chocolate milk stout which i knew that you you would probably like but this yeah. one's called muhu uh <laughs> so muhu by terrapin which is another athens georgia for some reason we drink more athens georgia beer than we do i like, know right <laughs> indianapolis beer like, uh, yeah any for, like really any other city yeah <laughs> athens just markets really well in the northern indie area mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but whatever so yeah no this is muhu by terrapin it's a chocolate milk stout so it's uh it's it's pretty heavy or mm-hmm. it should be especially you know it's winter time so that's yeah. kind of what we're expecting it was definitely under the seasonal beer section yeah uh at, at the at the walmart of liquor stores that i went to yeah uh, <laughs> it would be awful on like a hot summer day like it would just be painful just kill you. to yeah. drink <laughs> I, I don't want it <laughs> i don't want it stop milk was a bad choice <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's it's sitting on a lighter in first town. So it's only 6%. Yeah. So it's not going to knock you on your ass or anything. You can definitely have two or three or six of these. Yeah. Um, and it's not very bitter. The IBUs are sitting at about 30. So you're supposed mm-hmm. to, you're going to feel like a very smooth taste when you're swallowing. Mm-hmm. It has a dark roasted malt flavor and you're supposed to, and you should pick up hints of caramel and chocolate. I mean, it is a chocolate stout. Yeah. And then again, very smooth while you're, while you're, uh, Sending it down your throat, swallowing. That's there the we word. go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've dark. only had like three sips of this. Too. Like that's that's quite the problem. <laughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think I would. I, I would definitely say like a contrast between like the stouts, which I really like, to things like IPAs and even honestly to things like whiskey. Like stouts are going to, they're going to present you with like three or four flavors, and it's like these are the flavors that you taste. You did like, it. I do taste those. It's like a Japanese whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a Japanese whiskey. Yeah. Whereas like IPAs, they have like all the bitterness and all the complexity. Like this does not have that. Um, it's like, like you said, it's like you're tasting kind of like the the roasted malt flavor, um, and then like I'm I'm definitely getting like the the chocolate. Um, I think caramel might be a little bit of a stretch. Like maybe like in a faint sense, but like it's not that sweet. Um, but it is. It does kind of have like the the thick and maltiness that you expect of like a milk, especially stout. Gotcha. Um, so the texture is very nice. It is like very warming as like, it, as it goes down it, like we said, it makes you feel very like, uh, 
like sort of like wrapped up with a cup cup of hot chocolate, like that feeling. <laughs> you drink it and feel five pounds heavier, right? And you're thing. like, ah, like <laughs> satisfied, <laughs> right? This would go well with like ham, <laughs> you know, gravy. So yeah, exactly gravy. Um, but yeah, it's definitely right up my alley. So this would be um, probably probably a three cheers for me. I mean, I okay, haven't. Cool. I haven't also have. I've been very deprived of stouts this year so far. I have not. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where you been? <laughs> Quarantining. You're, you're my you're my beer provider. Um, no. It's it's actually more just like a local thing like a, the like grocery stores that we go to and stuff they just like don't have a lot of it um, i've noticed that not necessarily liquor stores but grocery stores in their craft beer section has gone very heavy towards the ipa yeah very very heavy. I, like you're looking at it and 90 percent of anything that i'm looking like i'm trying to find you a beer at like a grocery store and i just stopped growing going to grocery stores because yeah. it's all ipas yeah it's like so, i don't know i don't know why you know yeah I, New Belgium is doing a lot of them, and maybe people are just kind of following that path. But mm-hmm. I don't know; it's just kind of weird. I, yeah, for but, sure. They do tend to stick to like the bigger distributors. And that, yeah, that maybe because yeah. you're right, like New Belgium, and I also think IPAs are a lot easier to make. Oh, okay. I guess that would make sense. Um, there are also, I think, like when people first get into craft beer, they're like something that I think people like tend towards i didn't i went like kind of like down the roasted <laughs> path like i went yeah. you know like wheat into amber into like red into and just kind of kept going into the black hole that is that drink yeah right into <laughs> diesel fuel yeah but anyways yeah thank you for the beer i'm, I'm very much enjoying it it's a good uh Makes me want to sit around and talk about Mistborn. Oh, perfect. That kind of beer. Ash <laughs> fell from the sky. Yeah, Ash <laughs> fell from the sky into my drink. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> we need a sippy cup lid for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cover it up. Protect it. I I have a business idea that we should go into. <laughs> beer sippies. Beer sippies. <laughs> I like it. I'm so down. Oh, man. But yeah, so that's what we're going to be enjoying. Hopefully... Well, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm driving, so hopefully you're not driving and enjoying something as well, but... If you're not driving, hopefully you can enjoy something along with us as we talk about one of the best books um, <laughs> that I have read in the last month. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that I've completed in the last month. There you go. Yeah. But speaking of that, let's let's hop into the On Our Minds section. Yeah, for sure. I want to... Let's start this out with some sad news and then we'll move into the happier stuff. Okay. So, unfortunately, this is more board game related. But we did want to bring it up in a, a timely manner, and that that's something that we or that that happened kind of over the last week, and that's the Daniel Tashini, who is a designer of all the tea games. So that's Zolkin, Teotihuacan, Takanu, mm-hmm. The Voyages of Marco Polo. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> it, hey, it works. It works. Um, he 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 had some comments revealed that were were very racist yep. and something that we don't really condone mm-hmm. and we just wanted to acknowledge that and say that hey we don't condone what he said and we know we've like we've made a lot of recommendations of his games in the past and so that's why we're kind of like bringing this up because we want you to be aware you know obviously when you purchase a game that's that uh, some some portion of that a lot of it will go to the you know the the distributors and and whoever but some portion of that goes to the designer and so you as consumers you you make your own choices and what you buy and who you support and so we just want you to be aware that this happened and so and we know that we've been making a lot of recommendations of this game i think we're probably not going to be doing that going forward everyone kind of has to make their own choice around like do you want to continue to do that do you want to continue to play games that he's already printed like you know we're not trying to sway you one way or the other we just wanted to acknowledge that this is this is something that happened made make you aware of it and to encourage you to take that into account when you are, are making purchases going forward i i won't be buying any new Danielle Tashini games mm-hmm. and if you're going to yeah. buy those games may look for them secondhand I know Board Game Geek has a lot of you know peer-to-peer transactions for sure trade Trades for them and, yeah but I, I I won't be buying any new Danielle Tashini games yeah 
You want to talk about some more fun stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's been on your mind recently? What have you been yeah, reading? Past, watching? Yeah, past that being on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Attack on Titan final season has been going on, <laughs> right? And so I, I know we kind of like, we talked about this like before it started coming out. Me, myself, and, a, and one of our one of our listeners, Mike, have been spending a lot of time, like we'll, we'll watch the episodes and then it's like every time an episode comes out, you know, we're like, we've just been talking about it because it has been, it's been holding up so far. It's been really good. Um, they, they, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause they have, they kind of did something that like a lot of the seasons do like, a, besides the first one, we'll do like a, a couple of episodes of kind of world building that are not quite around like the main characters in the main storyline. Um, so the final season did that as well. And then it's like kind of just now coming back to like the main characters and the main storylines and it's getting like, really what exciting. episode are we on? Uh, I just watched the fifth, I think. Okay. Maybe the sixth. I think it was the fifth. Though. Do you know how many are planned? 16 so they're doing oh, two nice. seasons cool. of yeah two like half seasons of eight okay which they typically have done yeah. they've done yeah, like yeah. half seasons yeah um, for everyone ex- i think except for like the second and so that's they're kind of like they're spending eight through like a, an arc and then eight through like a final arc and so oh that's cool yeah, yeah no i i have not started watching it because i can't read and they're all <laughs> subbed right now yeah, so I'm, yeah I'm waiting for the dub versions to come out mm-hmm. and then and then i will partake but i i'm really excited because season three ended phenomenally and i'm really excited to see where season four takes us for sure it has been twist after twist it's been it's been a lot of fun exactly like i like attack on titan yeah that's (laughs) what you come to expect um so i've been i've been oh the other thing is like they come out and they're only 20 minutes long you know it's like so hard (laughs) like because you watch it and like and every episode of that show ends on a cliffhanger so it's like i gotta wait another week like every time i'm always like so disappointed yeah over the holiday break i also finished children of virtue and vengeance we talked about that the badass name the badass name right (laughs) uh legacy of orisha series um so this is the one where um the main character is like a necromancer um and so the good yeah no 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 yeah I, I was just nodding i was like yeah, yeah. I, i'm <laughs> yeah. i'm remembering this now this but one. it's like it's a necromancer but it's not considered like evil that's right, right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah it's such a cool take like i love it when people can flip stuff on their head like that yeah for sure <laughs> for sure and so and then there's uh i forget how many, eight or 10 different like kind of types of magic users so it ends up feeling like avatar but just kind of extended anyways i've talked a lot about that before i just want to say that the second book did a the first book kind of focused like just on her magic and the second book did a good job of kind of like getting outside of that and like starting to explore um, what the rest of the magic users can do and like how they're different and what their how their magics kind of work and what their strengths are and stuff and so it it, it was it was very strong I, I would say though that it it is a it is a second book out of a trilogy and i think it f- like kind of felt like a second book of a trilogy yeah you know it's, like, it's that fluff exactly kind of stuff okay yeah, yeah where it's like okay i i can see that the story is moving but like i i don't I'm not getting the impression that like it's going to end in this book. It, it felt it, it did kind of feel like, okay, you're kind of moving characters around to set up the stage for like the third book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so the third book is theory. It's scheduled to come out in 2021. I think like late 2021, but she's been writing very fast. Do you know what it's called? No, it, oh, I don't think it has a name yet. I'm really excited. For I know I am too. I'm like <laughs> upset that it didn't have a name, so I couldn't share it. But I think if you are interested in the book, I would say read the first one. And then I might just say, wait to read the second one until like the third one is out. So you can read them back to back um, because otherwise the second one, it was good. It was just like, maybe like slightly dis- like let me down a little bit. They're not super strong, long, right? I actually, yeah, I actually don't remember. I think it was shorter than Mistborn. Mistborn was okay. like longer than I remembered. Actually, yeah, Mistborn started- was like 20 something hours. Yeah, was like, was- oh yeah. Oh, a little longer than I expected. Huh. I think it's like I think it's like low twenties or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they had two different lengths, obviously. So, so yeah, very good. I enjoyed it, but I, I was I would suggest waiting for the third one to come out. And then lastly, so now I'm like in a position where I am kind of trying to decide what to read next because actually, like I, I I read Mistborn in preparation for the episode. And I finished that like yesterday, um, and so I was trying to figure out. I don't know. I might go back to the Witcher series. Next, okay. Because I had talked about 
that like earlier I'd been reading, I read like the first two of them and they were both like kind of the prequels essentially. And so like the next book would be like the first of the like actual core books. So I've been looking forward to reading, going back to that. Um, I am considering reading more of Mistborn. Oh, I know. It's so tempting. <laughs> it's so hard to not just go read the other ones because because uh, it leaves off very well. Or I might do... Uh, I've also been really wanting to reread Inheritance. You know? Oh, I, I did so. that earlier. Uh, did we, you? we talked about yeah. that yeah, probably a couple months ago. Yeah. It, yeah, it's totally worth rereading. It's, yeah. it's it's a fun book, right? It's, right. It's not the best book I've ever read, but it is also right. like kind of nostalgic because it is one that I read in my childhood. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I, I like this. And then like when you get over into Inheritance, which is the last book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I don't remember a lot of this because yeah. I think I've only read Inheritance once. Yeah. And so it was nice to reread. Yeah. I, I would recommend it. Yeah. So I might, I might end up doing that. We'll see. We'll see. If you if you guys have suggestions, I am open to suggestions right now. I'm looking for what what's going to be next <laughs> on the table. So, or on my mind, not on the table. That's the other side. <laughs> the other type of episode. <laughs> okay, what about you? I've been, I reread Mistborn as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did because I forgot a lot. And I forgot <laughs> how much is not revealed in the first book. So, this will be yes. a non-spoiler for The Well of Ascension and Hero of Ages, which is the book two and book three of the series. Mm-hmm. Which is good to know because I would have spoiled a lot of that if I, I had know. not I know. read. So, uh, but it is... It is a great book, and I really enjoyed reading that. It was kind of sad because I took a, I, I took a break out, and I you know listened to twenty two hours of Mistborn, where I was not listening to twenty two hours of Stormlight Archives. <laughs> so uh, I did hop back over there, and then this is crazy. This uh-huh. is a first. Okay, I'm reading a book, like You're actually re- a physical book. Yeah, look yeah. Did you go? Yeah, it takes me a long time because I have to look up every other word. But <laughs> <laughs> we we talked a few episodes ago about all the new Star Wars content that's mm-hmm. coming back out mm-hmm. or coming out and one of the things that we talked about was the high republic series which when we presented it i thought it was going to be a television series it's actually going to be a, a collaboration of books comics and i think some television as well okay to kind of tell the story of 200 years before the phantom menace very cool and so i the first book is out and so i'm really you, lo- you love them prequels i do love them prequels oh man they're so cool so i'm actually like I, I bought the first book. It's a really pretty hardcover book. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I feel like I can, can like I can uh, justify buying them when they come out because they're coming out every couple months. Oh, yeah. And then I can have the set, which I think would oh, just yeah. be like really cool. That but it's cool. like if I look back on it and it's like, oh, there are 16 books. And I'm like, that's a lot of money to yeah. buy. Yeah. But it's like, okay, like I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, so this is the, the first book is called Light of the Jedi. And it's like I said, takes place 200 years before the phantom menace and so this is like jedi in their like heyday Mm. like they are cool and so the premise is i'm about i don't know a quarter of the way through the book now Mm -hmm. the premise is is that there's like technology is not to the level that it is in the phantom menace or in in the star wars that we know Mm -hmm. and like hype like uh like one of the things is like uh light speed is not reliable necessarily oh interesting so kind of what happens and this is the first chapter and it's like in the book sleeve so Mm -hmm. like i'm not spoiling anything but there's passengers and what they're doing is they're trying to populate the outer rim they're like trying to there's a lot of overpopulation on like the core worlds and they're trying to push out to the outer rim and like they're traveling in light speed and they hit something that's in the light speed lane and so it like blows up the ship Mm. and then all of these particles are like big chunks of the ship are like flying everywhere and they're like directed towards a, a, a system so like planets and moons mm-hmm. and the jedi show up and they're trying to figure out how to save this planet because if 
one of these things that's coming at light speed or like close to it yeah. hits the planet, then yeah, game over. Oops. So <laughs> it's like a massive evacuation of the planet, and uh, it, it's really cool to see because I think there are sixty Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like so, obs- like in the whole order. No, in this battle. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just kind of it, it's it's really cool to see. They have like the lead Jedi who's on like the command ship, mm-hmm. and then all the other Jedi are in like these fighters that are really like dumbed down technology mm-hmm. and so that they can use the force to fly them oh interesting and the the lead jedi commands her fleet with the force that's super cool yeah it's super cool and so like there's a lot of stuff like that i'm not going to go into all of it because it is kind of fun to like read it yeah but but it is really cool yoda's mentioned already so nice because <laughs> he's you know 600 or 700 yeah. yeah so it's, but <laughs> but but it's been a really fun read so far. Cool. One of the things that is kind of difficult is that the chapters are very short. The chat, like very short. I mean, like some of them are two to four pages long. Oh yeah. Which is like I think it's three or four hours. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know the conversion there. <laughs> maybe not three or four hours. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? It takes me about three to four hours to read those. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're very short, and there's a lot of names. And yeah. each chapter is from a different perspective. Oh yeah, around that, the planet that could be hard. And it's v- like it's nice. I'm glad I'm reading it because I can flip back. Oh yeah. I think yeah. in an audiobook, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who this is. Uh, hopefully, the guy who narrates it has like nice or girl who narrates it mm. has like nice voice inflection, so you can like remember who it is. But like, I'm just like, I don't remember. Yeah. Who this is and flip back and like, oh okay, this is what they're doing. So that has yeah. been a little frustrating, and I hope in the next three quarters of the book that goes away because i know the characters a little bit more but it's mm-hmm. been like it's been very kind of jarring because you just jump a lot yeah which it's kind of an interesting storytelling perspective because you see like the space and looking down at the planet then you see the planet looking up at space yeah. so it's kind of interesting but it is slightly harder to follow than sure. i thought it was gonna be i'm sure so but yeah so i'm doing that and then i'm back in oathbringer i'm almost done with oathbringer i'll start rhythm of war here probably in a week so. okay gotcha so I'm excited for that. How far after the release? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it came out a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Handful of weeks. <laughs> Dozens of weeks. It's, an, it's potato tomato. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm excited to hear how Rhythm of War is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll have to read it at some point. Like I have to read all of the books that you've told me about. So, <laughs> Yeah. Which... During your reread of Rhythm of War, I may be able to finish all those books because it's yeah. you know, 56 hours long. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So let's hop into icebreakers. You yeah. We talk- got an icebreaker. Yeah. I, let's. I actually remembered to post the last icebreaker because I loved it so much and got oh, some answers. Yeah. We have some answers. So let's run through those kind of quickly. Yeah. So if you don't remember the last icebreaker, it was if you could assign an asymmetrical player power to some of the Monopoly pieces, what would they be? Which I thought was an awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was so much fun to think. I still questions. kind of think about it. So I, I broke these up into not necessarily by person, but by piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be a little bit easier to talk through. For sure. So let's just run through some of these. So race car. So Tucker uh, said you add one to every roll. Yep. Jpurdy underscore 13 from Instagram said the race car can skip over corner tiles as if it was drifting, which I thought was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Expedition in Spieldrake, uh said roll twice and choose. Yeah, so, very cool. Yeah. The top hat, Tucker, and like Tucker and Expedition in, in Spieldrake. I think, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly or completely butchering it, <laughs> answered so many of these. So you'll yeah. hear those names come up pretty often. 
So Tucker said, with the top hat, you can upgrade to a hotel from three houses instead of four. Yeah. Because you fancy. You fancy. And then Expedition and Spiel right, you start with more money. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the wheelbarrow, uh, being friends, first gateway member mentioned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they had a really good idea, I think. Um, you can bring people with you. Which is exactly what we thought about. Yep. So, <laughs> great minds think alike. Great minds. Uh, the boot. Tucker said that if you land on the space with somebody, you can force them into jail. Or you can break someone out of jail. And then Expedition and Spieldright can't go to jail. So, <laughs> on the same page there. Uh, the Scotty Dog, which is one that... No, we we, we remembered the yeah, Scotty, we, Dog. We covered Scotty Dog. Tucker said that... We did you, not cover the boot. That's the one that we Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Scotty Dog, Tucker said you never lose money on chance, community chance, income tax, or jewelry tax. So I like it. Apparently, he knows <laughs> more about Monopoly than I. Yeah, I, was I could not have named all of those if you. <laughs> That's a lot of words. Yeah. Uh, the cat Tucker said earn three hundred for passing go instead of two hundred mm-hmm. for the iron, which I don't think we did the iron either. Yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah, Expedition and Spieldrag said only gets good event cards. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite one <laughs> is the battleship. Yeah. And this is from Sheer Boredom, who's another Gateway member. He yep. just joined. So that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Joined a couple weeks ago. He said that the battleship can destroy hotels on blue spaces, uh, <laughs> but the prices are doubled on all the other primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think I'd ever play anything else. <laughs> just, I'm just like, that's so funny. That would be funny. Oh, yeah. But Take yeah. the blue one. Take it. <laughs> exactly and then it's like oh shoot i have to pay so much money on this yellow <laughs> oh yeah no that I, like like i said i think that was one of my favorite icebreakers that we've answered and people enjoyed answering on the discord and also on instagram yeah so, for sure it was a lot of fun yeah that was a lot of fun okay you want to hop into this week's icebreaker yep let's do it okay so this one is from sirocco nice. who we're gonna have play some games with here in a couple weeks so i'm really excited for that so sirocco asked do you believe that turning books into movies slash television shows helps or hurts stories helps or hurts stories game of thrones it butchered yeah it butchered right <laughs> i mean yeah that's that's a, that's an interesting one but yeah but like i wouldn't have probably read game of thrones if there wasn't the tv show yeah yeah, that's where it gets hard. Is like it brings exposure to the story. So does it improve? Let's, I guess, does it improve the story itself? Um, as a TV show, it can. As a movie, almost certainly not. Yeah, it's right. really hard to turn any book that we like, like uh, like a fantasy or sci-fi yeah. novel, into a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe a series of movies, kind of like Harry Potter. Like I thought those were fairly okay. Yeah. Like Lord of the Rings is phenomenal. Right. But like Ender's Game, that's not good. Like right. Ready Player One just didn't do it for me but right it does bring the exposure yeah and it, it is like a good point that like specifically i think lord of the rings because you're right like the harry potter movies are good but they also like they split the seventh book you know into into two movies thank goodness right and there's a lot of camping in that one right <laughs> and the uh <laughs> yeah good point um <laughs> the uh but like lord of the rings has like the extended editions and stuff right where it stretches to like three and a half four hours something like that i think those are called the normal edition those are called the normal yeah. edition no you don't watch non the extended version like, <laughs> i actually don't know the last time that i watched the like regular version yeah it's just not done yeah um but like the the point is like 
I, I guess I said almost certainly not. Maybe that's a little bit too strong. Like it's just really, really hard to, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know? It, it's it's difficult. They had to be really clever, like with what they cut out of both Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Those are like two of the strongest examples, obviously. But yeah, I think TV shows, like I think a lot of things are heading that way, and I think it's really smart because it gives you like eight to ten hours to work with for like for a season per book, obviously versus like the two to three to four hours for a movie. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think that one of the things that I do like about the TV shows is, like, an example for Game of Thrones. Like, there are so many characters in Game of Thrones. Mm. Or, some or like, a, a novel that would have just a plethora of characters or scenes that you have to keep up with. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have, it, like, I watched Game of Thrones before I started reading the books. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really beneficial because, like, I had a face to the name. Yeah. And maybe that's just the way I think that mm. I was able to kind of like understand the books a little bit more because I knew that, you know, Sheen Bean was uh, <laughs> Ned Stark, right? Yeah. Uh, so like there is that. I, like, Nelson does know his name is Sean, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the way he talks about things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sean Stark, everybody. Sean Stark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I think you're right that like battles are probably the other one. Oh yeah, you know I do battle like, scenes. I do like a battle scene. Yeah, um, battle because battle scenes are hard to do in in books, and so and a lot of authors are better than others. Um, but even so, just like overall, I think with with the music swelling and the gra- like, I think a battle scene music is huge. Music, was I think huge. that's a right. That's a that's a really good uh, point right there. Is like music kind of invokes emotion, mm-hmm. and so it's really cool to overlay that mm-hmm. in, in in yeah the the telling of the story for sure books will do it better with internal monologue though i think that's one where like shows like a a show or movie that has a lot of internal monologue in a character sometimes really struggles to like ender's game yeah great example where like it It just really it was was bad (laughs) because there's like so much going on in ender's head that you hear that like is now no longer being told in the story yeah it's really hard yeah god that movie is so bad Uh (laughs) 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 um so i think I, I definitely like the TV shows more, mm-hmm. 100%. And I, I would say it probably helps. I, I, I think I would say before kind of Game of Thrones, there was much more of a stigma against fantasy, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, that kind of like made it mainstream and cool. And now people are reading and like yeah. engaged into this hobby a little bit more because of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that it does help the story progress and everything like that. I think books are 99.9% better. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just like you can tell more, you can do more with a book. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think I like that more, but it is nice to have the TV shows. I would like to see more animated TV shows. Yeah. I, I think that some of these books that we read with like very like crazy magic systems or something like that, I don't like, I don't want a live av- action avatar, but we're getting it anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, like that works so great with an animated TV show because it's, you can do whatever you want. You can break the rules. Yeah. And so I, I would like to see a Mistborn animated. I think I've said that before. Yeah. Yeah, you have. And, but I think it's still a really good point that, that there are like very strict limitations, like physical limitations to what we can do. And even though like computer graphics have gotten like so amazing, like we still know and we can still tell and it, and it yeah. breaks your immersion a little bit. Um, yeah, whereas like absolutely. a book will never break immersion. Yep. So I think overall for me, like I will still tend to prefer a story to be told as a book, as opposed to like a, like if I, if I would just like someone has a great idea for a story, like I would probably prefer it to be a book versus a TV show or a, or a movie. But I think also like, I like the unified vision of like the author, right. I, that, cause sometimes in, you can tell that like 
too many people got to weigh in on like a on yeah. an idea or yep. a story or the way something was going to be done and it kind of like lost what it was trying to be by trying to be like too many things um, so i think having like the unified vision of an author and it's not just the author by themselves right there's an editor and there's a you know there's multiple people that are like playing into the team that's writing a book but like i think overall that things can be more effective when done extremely well as a, as a TV show, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, or as a movie. Cause again, like we talked about the music and the, and the faces and the everything else. So it, it can all come together, but it can be a little risky. <laughs> have we talked about what our favorite adaptation is? I don't know if we have, I don't know if explicitly, maybe that's another icebreaker for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. I want, I want to know your answer at some point. Yeah. We can come back but, to it. But let's hop into the main topic. Cause we're, <laughs> Because that's not part of the icebreaker. But but I do want to know. I do want to know. Yeah. So have you read a little book called Mistborn? (laughs) A couple of times, yeah. (laughs) The Final Empire. Spoiler alert, it's not the last one. Oh, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, actually, maybe it is the last empire. I guess you wouldn't call the, like, whatever they do after may may or may not be an empire. But That's fair. And, like, okay, so this is one of the book-to-movie adaptations that I just didn't get. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like... When the the final empire in Mistborn was translated to the final empire in The Force Awakens, it like they took a lot of liberties. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, Is there a movie I don't know about? Like, like it just like it's not at all how I pictured it in my head. <laughs> the final empire. No, but but yeah. So the final empire is the first book, which I think is a very interesting name. Yeah. for the first book of a trilogy right which like there there are six misborn full novels mm-hmm. uh which is broken up into two trilogies one the second trilogy takes place multiple multiple yeah probably centuries i think it's a couple future. centuries into the yeah. future something so like that. wax and wayne series. wax and wayne yep. which i love wayne i think it's wayne like yeah. the crazy guy the klepto yeah i yeah i love wayne yeah. but anyways <laughs> what we're talking about the the initial series which is the final empire mm-hmm. and spoiler alert, the Lord ruler dies. I've always wanted to say that on this podcast, <laughs> 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 but I mean, it is kind of this thing that like when he died the first time I was completely blown away when Kelsey died. I was just like, what, what are they doing with the series? Like what's yeah, happening? What, what are the next two books going to be about? You think he's Darth Vader, right? Like, yeah. you think he's going to be like yeah. the final boss? He's Sauron. Like he's literally like a God King like yeah. Sauron is. And you're like, this is going to be the last guy that like they fight. And turns out you're wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're way off. <laughs> you're way off. You're way off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like, it's a great book. Do you want to do a quick summary of it? Ooh, a quick summary. Yeah. Uh, I would say right around 30 seconds. Right around 30 seconds? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. This See, this one's like a, like Ender's Game where it's like, I want to pack, I, like with Star Wars and stuff, it's like, I just want to get through it. Like I just want to yeah. like, accomplish <laughs> actually summarizing it in 30 seconds. Yeah. This one's like, I know I can. It's like, I want It's I have to like pay attention to what I'm doing. So, okay. Okay. Oh. All right. So as usual, I have not practiced, but I do have a little bullet point list. So <laughs> Perfect. We'll see how far Do you want to go get. first or second? I'll go first this time. Okay. I'm going to drink a little water first though. Oh, that's fair. Okay. <sighs> let me get the timer for you. Yeah. Go. Right. No. Just- <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> I spent the first two seconds of my time saying, holy cow. Okay. You ready? I am. Three, two, 
One, go. Vin is a street rat with a lucky streak. She's recruited to join a plot to overthrow the government and the god king called the Lord Ruler. She uh, learns that she is a Mistborn and has access to all types of magic. The leader, Kelsier, also a Mistborn, decides to teach her and to fulfill, his fa to fulfill his fantasy of having a daughter. The other members have access to only one type of uh, power because they're lame. Vin dre plays dress up and meets a cute boy. Kelsier also plays dress up, but he's pretending to be a messiah. Kelsier is cocky and gets Vin into trouble, but he's okay because saves and saves the day. The crew builds and blunders an army. Kelsier says that he's a big deal and they don't need it anyway. Uh, the crew starts a civil war. Kelsier peace the fight and becomes a martyr. Stop. No, no! Oh, I screwed it up. I have like four more bullet points. All right, you don't know what happens after Kelsier becomes a martyr. That's it. I love they blundered the army. <laughs> Y'all messed up. Y'all messed up. You uh, you blundered your queen. Oh man, oh. that's my, no. Yeah, I, I'm I like glad that. that like it happened eventually. Like I, you know, I wanted. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, like a part of me is glad. It, it's like you know, like when you're playing a co-op game, you want to lose it every once in a while. Yeah, like, that's yeah, what yeah. I feel like happened to me is I ran out of time and you know I, I lost. But that's oh okay. yeah. That's yeah. okay. Luckily, they have a 30-second summary from you um, so that they can <laughs> find out the ending of the book. Exactly. Well, I'll just skip to that then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just need 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. This is easy. That's what I needed. I needed 10 more seconds. <laughs> Let me oh. take a drink of water. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Hold on. I'm not ready. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? Our relationship is a lie. <laughs> Truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? Three, two, one, go. So there's this thief who uses magic powers to steal some stuff, but that gets everyone killed. Some people recognize that she's magic and super pumped when they learn that she's super magic. The boss doesn't like fancy people and likes to steal their stuff. He talks about his plan to overthrow God. He catches the girl spying and as a reward, he teaches her a bunch of new magic and gives her a ripped up jacket. The thief goes to a dance. She gets scared and literally finds the most important there and falls in love with him. The boss and the thief try to steal from God and that does not go well. They do get a diary though. More dances, more love story, more impaled eyes, and the boss dies. The sky rebel because the boss is a ghost. The thief is captured. The butler gets helps her escape and the lover comes to get in the way. She means, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no! Me, they still don't know the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, is story arc the best thing to jump into then? <laughs> Let's go to story arc. Specifically, the conclusion. <laughs> the climax and conclusion. No, I actually don't think that story arc is a bad place to start, though. Okay, yeah, let's do it. If you want to start there. Um, and let's, uh, let's, let's do talk about like climax and falling action um, because I, I think well actually I, i'll start out in the right spot um i think exposition like this sanderson sanderson is really good at hooks yes right? he's yeah. really good at getting you straight up just straight away involved in the uh, story and so this is like this is no exception to that yep um he does a lot also of kind of teasing right he'll like tease a little bit of a power or a little bit of a yeah you know a name yep. or you know chandra is one of those where he like he uses and that's actually like later in the book but he uses the word chandra and you're like what the what the fuck's a chandra <laughs> and he doesn't come back to it for like half the book right know? yep it, it makes for a great reread yes I think, because yeah. like all of the seeds that he's planted jk rowling does this really well as well mm -hmm. like in harry potter but he she he she both both of them kind of slip in those things that make it just so much more satisfying on the reread yeah which which is great yeah like he would make great D, &D characters yeah oh you know? yeah like, i want him to dm for me i know yeah for <laughs> sure um where it's like okay like like kelsier has scars on his arms like that would be such a great idea for a character yeah you know absolutely um that like He's like, oh, he's got these like scars on his arms. Like, where What's does that, that come about? from? Yeah, yeah, you know. And then like, two good things if you're like building a D and D character to work with your DM on are like scars and like fears, right? Yep. Like a fear of fire is, yep. is a, a good absolutely. One. So like, he definitely does. He definitely does those things. I think the like the book is fairly well paced. You know, in terms uh, yeah. of like rising action. Yeah. Yes, it, it is very well paced. And kind of what I was going to say is that it 
it was like a 22, 23 hour long book, but it didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Right. Like it, it felt very smooth. It felt like we progressed through the story at a very reasonable pace and mm-hmm. it felt like we just kind of flowed through it. Yeah. Which Sanderson does in all of his novels that I've read. He's yeah. just, he's very good at pacing his stories. Yeah. It has the five, I think it's five sections that Mistborn is broken into. Where it's like part. It's yeah, like I don't part remember. <laughs> three or four. I, I think it's I think it's a total of five. But I think the majority of the book is like four. Like Kelsey or Dying is like right at the end of the fourth section okay, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. We talked in the story arc how like oftentimes they'll have these little like almost like mini, like mini tension points, I think is what we called them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and so that it'll come to a tension point like the, like the house war starting or, yep. and I'm trying to remember like what they are in the first, I think like the first part ends like when Vin kind of like joins the crew. Right, so like her, yeah. like kind of going through all of that and like joining and starting kind to of learn about her powers it. and st- yeah, exactly. yeah. It's like she she learns about her powers. Kelsier teaches her about her powers, and she kind of realizes that she's been this person that has been raised in the sense of everyone's trying to take advantage of her, and then she kind of like realizes that Kelsier is not doing that mm-hmm. like he you know she's like she keeps saying that oh he's not going to teach me about all the metals because that's what's going to keep me here to yeah. learn and he just kind of teaches her all about the metals yeah and i the the second part of the book is kind of a jump in time where mm-hmm. it goes from you know kelsier and then fight or like learning how to do the metals to this the very start of the second book is them fighting and then holding her own Mm-hmm. Which against Kelsier, which I think was a really cool transition. Yeah, it is a cool transition. It feels like it needs some like Disney like music, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Hercules. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need a coming of age song playing in the background. <laughs> but I think you're right. And then like at one of the tension points is like her first fight with the Inquisitors. Oh, that was brutal. Right, that's really brutal, and it sets the stage for first of all just how scary the Inquisitors are. Yeah. Like it really gives you a feeling of like. Like Kelsey like walks through the door and he like freezes and he kind of has like an oh shit run moment. right yeah, yeah and he, he tells her to run he tells her to run <laughs> like no I'm not gonna leave you here and it's like How? we're cool we can take them right yeah yeah <laughs> no um, they did not narrator they did not they did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, the response is to run and it makes it it like sort of validates later when like Kelsey has this really big fight with a single inquisitor like it. It validates that because he's like he's unable to fight them one on one previously. He's, he's all just about like survival and escape, right? Yeah, That's like all that yeah, they yeah. can accomplish. Yeah, and, and so I think that that shows Kelsier's growth mm-hmm. as well because I think. Kelsier kind of starts out with this whole vengeance and it like that's what he's after is kind of the yeah. vengeance and but like you know taking over the nobility but he does grow as a character and throughout the story as like noblemen aren't all bad like he doesn't kill Elland mm-hmm. right like he 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 maybe he's like maybe I was wrong mm-hmm. and like that shows some character growth as well as Vin where she she goes from being this person that doesn't trust anyone to being someone that trusts and learns and loves mm-hmm. the people around her I think the the character growth just only looking at those two characters is phenomenal and really follows the story yeah it feels like you're growing with the characters yeah yeah and so when um and i think a lot of like kelsier's kind of attitudes and like his like fight is very selfish and yeah. the like yeah. kind of growth that he goes through is becoming more and more like selfless right yep. um which kind of be- comes to uh, comes to a point when he is killed by the Lord Ruler and becomes a martyr, right? He has this kind of like ultimate sacrifice. He gets bitch slapped by the Lord Ruler. <laughs> I know. That's the other thing that like really validates how, the Lord Ruler. Cause, yeah, Because yeah, he just he had is. this crazy, brutal fight where he like finally beat an Inquisitor and he doesn't actually fight the Lord Ruler. Yeah, 
you know yeah he is killed in a single blow by the way he just like oh, swats yeah. him aside and you're just like oh shit <laughs> yeah like he is on a different level right yeah that that that's crazy the other which thing, is why we didn't think he was gonna die yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. turns out i do want to probably in the heroes i want to talk about marsh because yeah. i like i want to jump back to this because mm-hmm. i think that there is in, in the book i feel like kelsier grows more to be like marsh and mm-hmm. marsh is kind of like what kelsier ends up inspired like aspiring to be like mm-hmm. uh, because kelsier is super selfish he just wants to get revenge mm-hmm. and, and it turns into you know marsh has been fighting his whole life we'll talk about it a little bit more in the heroes uh cool. <laughs> but so another thing that i want to talk about in the story arc is something that brandon sanderson does in a lot of his novels if not all of his novels is the little excerpts expert ex excerpts yeah yeah words uh at the beginning of the chapters mm-hmm. which tells us kind of a parallel story mm-hmm. which i love yeah i i think that is one of the coolest literary devices that i've ever seen utilized mm-hmm. i just it's really cool to because as the crew is learning about the lord ruler or what she think is the lord ruler you yeah. are learning about the lord ruler yeah i guess you are you're learning about rashik right yeah. <laughs> he's in he's in the diary yes yeah um and, and the the perspective that those are told from is always, I think, very well picked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it, it, it moves into even complementing the story. They, they, they were able to steal the diary mm-hmm. that uh, says it is translating. Mm-hmm. And as he's translating it, you're learning the story as well, along with the crew. I just, I yep. love how he did that. I just think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's super successful. And I think it prevents, from like a, from like a narration perspective, it prevents like the reader becoming almost like two in the head of the Lord ruler, you know, like he still feels distant because it feels like you're not getting his internal monologue. You're reading his diary. And that's like a, there's a separation there. And it's so different. Yeah. Right. Like it's how could, and they even say this in the book, how could, how could that be the Lord ruler? Yeah. That's just not who it is. Yeah. Something changed. Yeah. Something really big changed. Yeah. <laughs> he got murked. <laughs> he got bitch slapped. He got bitch slapped. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. Rashik's favorite weapon of choice, backhand. Backhand. <laughs> what a power play. <laughs> right? I, hey, I respect it. <laughs> respect the game. It is, It is honestly, it's a huge surprise when it comes to the end of the book and you realize like that the fight that Vin is having, that she actually is going to accomplish killing the Lord. And even just like the build up to it, you're like, man, she's getting real close. Like, yeah. you know, like I didn't think she was going to get, oh man, she's like, you know, in the same room as him. Like (laughs) maybe she's just going to lose a fight too. But then it's like, but they've already kind of validated the strength of the Lord War in the fight with like Kelsier, you know? Yep. And I think it kind of goes to show how much Vin has grown too. Mm -hmm. Cause right. It, it takes one hit to kill Kelsier. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Vin did have help from Marsh, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it kind of like alludes to it earlier in the book where it's, you know, Vin is very strong, yeah. right? She's able to hold her own against Kelsier who is 40 pounds heavier than her yeah. um, when pushing and mm-hmm. stuff like she has, she can, she's able to see through uh, the, the smoker's cloud, the copper cloud yeah, and just stuff like that. So it kind of alludes to it. So it's like, Oh, it kind of gives that reader the hope right there at the end. It's like, Oh, maybe she can do this. Yeah. And like when you're reading through it for the first time, you're just like, she's getting really close. She's not going to die. Right, right. They, you, she can't die. There are two more books. Right, but like they already killed the other main character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they Ned Starked his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers. Uh. <laughs> um, but I think it's a good point. And then she also like in the final fight, she pulls on the mist, and mm. that's something that isn't explained in the first book. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it kind of gives that teaser. It gives a teaser right for the follow up books. <laughs> yeah. Like there, there's more that plays into that. Um, but I think that also 
it adds a little bit of validation of like, okay, she's able, she's clearly able to do things that other people aren't able to do. And it's not just necessarily that she's stronger than other people. Like it, that is a part of it. Um, but she, she clearly has access to abilities that other people don't have. And that's part of what's kind of allowing her to, I guess, do these things. Cause like without that, she could end up being kind of like, I had, I had someone read Mistborn one time. Um, and say I didn't like it because I found Vin to be too much of like a Mary Sue. I don't know if you've heard that term before. I have not. No. It, it's like a trope for um, just like a female character that can that has like no flaws that can like do no wrong. Basically. Okay. Um, and it could be a, it. I think the term came out in reference to female characters. Like it can be applied to male characters also, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like specific like having no like character flaws, um, but then also just like having no weaknesses. Like kind of both of those things where it's like she's just too strong. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and in some sense, it does feel like she can just do anything and like she breaks all the rules now again there like comes an explanation for that this person hadn't read the like follow-up books that like kind of help explain it but the other things are that like like you mentioned i do think that vin has character flaws they're just in the form of like she cannot trust right she has that's like something that she has to kind of overcome which i love that character flaw yeah i I, it's a great one because she's such like physically she's so competent yes but mentally and relationship wise she yeah. struggles, and yeah. I think that that she has some trauma. Like she, there's some reason. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not trying to degrade that at all. I just yeah. think that that's such a cool dichotomy of like you know you're this crazy powerful misborn, mm-hmm. but like talking to people, relating to people, connecting with people is just not in the wheelhouse. Yeah, and I, I, I just really love that. Like yeah. it's just such a cool like character. Like I, is, I love yeah. Vin. I think Vin is a great character for sure. Um, and I love I, that like all of the members of the crew are kind of like aware of that in her. And like, in addition to like kind of being her like tutors, they're like also kind of her mentors, right? They're like trying to help her kind of grow through. Like Kelsier has that line where like he runs in to save, like, I think it's when they're like, they find the army that's like dying or whatever. Uh, oh yeah. That's, which is a rough scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then there's a point like immediately, like in, right after that or something like that where people are like Kelsey's running in to save somebody and she's like hey we're not invincible like you shouldn't go in there and he says something like you still have a lot to learn right and yep. it's like I think it's he's running after him or somebody because it's like no this is we I know that this isn't the smart move but this is what we do for friends yeah I you think know? yeah it's like you have a lot to learn from about friendship or about something friendship, like that yeah. and she like recalls that yeah which is a cool callback during like kind of towards the end of the book which yes. yeah so I yeah so that that kind of reminds me or makes me want to talk about kind of Vin's training with with the crew and yeah. like with Kelsier and what I think you know Kelsier was teaching her pushing and pulling uh, like uh, steel and iron which is what he is very adept at yeah. right like that that's kind of his expertise mm-hmm. and like I think when you know he tells Vin to go work with the other crew members to learn their traits mm-hmm. at first she's kind of like oh, he's abandoning me. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't think I'm good enough. Yeah. Whereas she comes to learn where, like, I think it was with uh, uh, with clubs where she, like, goes to learn pewter. Where With ham. Was it with ham? Clubs is the clapper. Yeah. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With ham. Sorry. Uh, with, with ham, where, he, <laughs> where, like, kind of Kelsey was like, it's pewter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to learn about pewter. But, like, it, it was cool because it, it, like... Kelsey, or like Vin realized that oh Kelsier's not abandoning me like this is the best way for me to learn mm-hmm. and to like see and I really like the though it's a very hard magic system right yeah, like it's like sure. you know the by the end of all three books you know most every of rule right like right. I, I can't think of something that I don't 
understand. Yeah, within Alamancy. Sure. Within, within Alamancy, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, whereas, like, you know, the the scene where Vin and Kelsier go out and they just, like, explain the medals. And it's just, like, it feels very natural. Instead of, like, a school, which we talked about in the mm-hmm. Magic episode, it's it's a mentor. Yeah. Which does it. But then I think what is really cool is when she goes to learn from, you know, uh, Ham, Clubs, Breeze, Spook, all the other mm-hmm. uh, crew members is the how how you can like manipulate the magic system in a sense that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Like every single one of them kind of had a a twist on yeah. their power yeah. that I'd never thought about. Right. Right. Like, like, like ham is like, you don't always flare. You don't want to know, you don't want to let your enemy know how strong you are. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I just, I think that was really cool. And I think Vin learned a lot from that. And she, she's kind of like a sponge. She just like absorbs things. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. She yeah. She learns a lot from Breeze by like observation. Like I don't think there's like a direct tutoring scene from from Breeze, but like he's a very good soother, you know. And so she like kind of gets to like pick up on that, um, like the ways that he actually brings out emotions by pushing other ones down. So real quick, I love the scene where they're like recruiting and Breeze is mm-hmm. like using the serving women in different dresses. Right. I yeah. thought that was awesome. Like yeah. you know, you send out the red dress to invoke like uh, passion or whatever, and you right. like I. Oh, that was so cool. That yeah. was so cool. It's just like those those kind of like things that like Brandon Sanderson thinks about and mm-hmm. like can, is able to invoke in his stories is mm-hmm. just awesome. Yeah. And like it just really makes me feel immersed. And it's like because I, I feel like he does a much better job than a lot of authors in the sense of like knowing his world and knowing the limitations and knowing how to exploit what he's written. For sure. Yeah. And letting it kind of like play out of like, what would it, yeah, what would it look like if there was a group of people who were soothers? Like, how would they make a job and an economy out exactly. of that? And like, yeah. let that play out. Yeah, for sure. We've kind of talked about Vin and Kelsier as heroes, but there's a couple others that at least that I wanted to cover. So this book has a hero that emerges halfway through the book, right? Um, in Ellen, that like, yeah. you are yeah. like listening through the book. Well, we listen. You were reading through the book um, through through the perspective of uh, only Vin and Kelsier. And I think it's like a real shock when all of a sudden there's a there's a chapter that's written from Ellen's perspective. Right. Yeah. And he becomes one of like the heroes in the story that you continue to kind of hear from. Be- yeah, because, you know, what Vin and Kelsier think and Ellen is the enemy. Right. And so right. When, yeah, when, when a it, woman. it's kind of cool to turn that on his head and you're like, oh, no. I was wrong. They were wrong. We're all wrong. Yeah. Not all noblemen are bad, mm-hmm. which I think was kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Because he, and I think he's done really well because he is still like, he's still like a child of his privilege kind of, right? Um, yeah. Where he's, he's like asking in some of those early conversations with Vin, like he's asking after the ska. And like the way he's doing it is actually kind of disrespectful, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, like they think, you know, he's yeah. like, dude, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> of course they think. You know, like it's super racist. But he's been, but he's been raised to think that they're a lower life form. For sure, yeah. And I, I, I think that he's a really cool character slash hero because he has the ability to open his eyes and realize that, no, he, I think there's a, even a line in there. It's like, wait, Vin is Ska, right? If she mm-hmm. could trick me, that means that they're no different than us. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool kind of like take on, you know, racism. Right. And, and like – uh uh, classism in yeah. that sense uh which which is just really cool it takes him really you know he's not magical he's, mm-hmm. he's not a misborn he's not even a misting but but he's able to provide that other like kind of context he's able to provide the perspective of the nobleman and yeah like i think without him they probably would have just like 
slaughtered all the noblemen and yeah. then we would have been in the same position that we are now 100 percent, yeah so yeah he like offers that perspective and like i think you're right that like he is the way that he approaches classism is realistic like i think yeah. we would all want to say like oh like if i was in his position like i would know that the sky were people right? yeah absolutely like that's <laughs> that's like what you want to feel like but it also it's not 100% realistic to think that, like, you know, he's 21, he's been told this his entire life, the whole society is built around, like, what they think are these, like, true fundamentals. And so for him to, like, if he if he was just coming out like, oh, I'm perfectly good, um, and, and he had no kind of preconceived notions and, and judgments to, like, kind of overcome... Um, then it would be like, wait, why is he like so perfect? And it would it would actually make all the noblemen feel like they were still evil. He's just this like weird exception to the rule. Um, yeah. And as it exists, it feels more like, oh, he's like, he's like you said, he's like the light that means that noblemen could be okay, that they are bad, yep. but they might have a potential redemption arc available. Yeah, yeah. And it's just such a cool uh, a, a way to do that. Like yeah. Brandon Sanderson plays in all of these characters that are not completely like, not completely dark. Mm-hmm. And it, it's cool to explore the morality there. Yeah. I, I, I think so. For sure. I, I, Ellen's a great character. Yeah. Ellen's a great character. So, yeah. I think the only like character that is like either fully good. Well, actually no, the only character that is fully good would be Sazed. Right. Like, yeah, Sazed Sazed's is dope. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Except you, Sazed, we're happier here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's morally great, except for Sazed. Yeah. He's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Do no and, wrong. and Sazed is... Oh, yeah. Sazed is a character. Yeah. Sazed's a great character. He he provides Vin the anchor. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I really like kind of the idea of, you know, I swore, I swore you an ideal. Like, mm-hmm. I, I told Kelsier that I would not... You, you know, you would not be harmed. Mm-hmm. Or, or however he says it. And it kind of, like he follows that through all the way till the end and like he's still alive right so yeah yeah (laughs) but like he does all of this he protects it and he goes he puts himself in harm's way Mm -hmm. and i i think the reveal that you know sazed and the lord ruler rashak rashik rashik yeah i I wrote it off phonetically too Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um that that they're the same they're both terrorists they're both Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. It, it is like kind of sad but it also kind of shows uh says it's goodness yeah in that sense where it's like Reshik kind of like succumbed to the evil like he took the throne he took the power you know he's both a ferrochemist and an alamancer which so cool like yeah. that is so cool like yeah. i love that yeah and that's why he's you know trying to kill all of the terrorist men yeah and and the sense that you know says it is just pure good he just like he mm-hmm. works and he's you know he's not the perfect terrorist because you know he thinks for himself <laughs> first of all how dare you yeah but it, it provides that anchor uh i think for vin and kelsier yeah i think he of all the crew members the most concerned with like vin's morality and he also i think like you can if you are in a role in, just in life where you mentor someone like maybe you have some sort of like direct mentorship role or a leadership role or, or you know like young kids or whatever i think like says it is a really good model for good mentorship you know Vin will come to him like complaining about something or like mad at Kelsier about something. And he like doesn't, he doesn't say like, you're wrong to think that, right? Like he doesn't invalidate the way that like she feels. Um, he hears her out and then he's, but he's also like kind of like softly guiding her to like seeing other people's perspectives and helping her overcome these like trust issues that she has. Right. And he, he's, ex- he's obviously like extremely patient with her. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Past where she's that something you can it. store. Can you store patience? Can you store, store patience? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't probably not because he needs it with everybody on the crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when would he be storing he's it? He's going to go ape shit one day because he's used up all his stored patience. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But dude, I, honestly, like the scenes where Sazed goes ape shit, right? When yeah. he just like hulks out and starts taking people yeah. down. I think one of my favorite things actually that Sazed does is like collapses in the middle of a fight. Because <laughs> 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 he's like running out of strength and he's like, he's like, I'll hold him off. Like, you know, Vin, like, don't worry about it. And she's like, no, like, I'm not abandoning you. Like, we're going to fight. And she starts fighting. And so Sazed is like, okay. And like collapses and build up strength. <laughs> he's like, this is the only thing I can do right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that's great. <laughs> it's just funny to think of like wars between terracemen at some point in like, the distant <laughs> yeah. past. You know, yeah. Where, like they have to retreat to the back line so they can like, fall over (laughs) what are the tactics in a terrorist war yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no says it's a great character the other one that we said that we were going to come back to was marsh oh yeah uh, which i've yeah marsh is kelsier's brother the the one that like kelsier is described in the youth as being like the the reckless person that didn't care about almost anything and Mm -hmm. marsh was the one that wanted to fight and overthrow the government Mm -hmm. and i think marsh's sacrifice because he he went and he went to become an obligator and ended up becoming an inquisitor which is unheard of Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) yeah right like he he made it and he was able to be that person that like he would he kept the end goal in mind Mm -hmm. I, i think marsh is a very underrated character and you do get to explore marsh a little bit more in some of the next couple books which is awesome uh but and they do a little bit like at the end of the book i think says it asks him like who was the person yeah you know who like who we the body that we found and he said something like the process to become an inquisitor is very messy and it's not something i want to talk about right and it's not something i want to talk about and so he like that gets explored later like what is an inquisitor like what can they do like how are they made? All of that gets explored, and so if nothing else, it's almost worth reading just yeah. for like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. A totally. Cool yeah, yeah, because he talks about how it takes. It's not just one person that dies in mm-hmm. the process of making an inquisitor. It's yeah. multiple people, mm-hmm. and the fact that he was like it, it seems kind of weird because it's definitely like in that gray area. Because like, does do the ends justify the means? Yeah. Kind of. It, I I just really like Marsh and like they would not have won without Marsh, right? He learned what they oh, needed yeah. to learn to defeat the Inquisitors and also to defeat the Lord Ruler. Yeah. He also killed like seven Inquisitors by himself. Which is <laughs> badass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're all asleep. He just went around yanking out their Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But he was cool. able, he, he made the sacrifice. He's in constant pain now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he knew this is what needed to be done to achieve their goal and he did it. Yeah. And like that, that's a hero. For that's sure. a hero. It's, a, a gray morality hero because like multiple <laughs> people died in his wake yeah and so yeah. so there there is that but i think marsh is a really interesting character one that you initially like when you're just told the story you're like oh marsh like yeah like he's yeah. a hero and you're like he made a lot of sacrifices along the way like yeah oof yeah oh, man that's uh <laughs> maybe i but they wouldn't have done it without it's just i yeah i i love the the gray area there for sure I think the argument is they would have made any, someone else an inquisitor, right? Yeah, like it, it wasn't him who did the killing. Someone, yep. you know, they were doing it, kind of thing. But he is, yeah, he is yeah, kind yeah. of in the room, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think overall, like switching switching over to like the the villain side of thing. To be honest, I think the book is a little bit lacking in like in depth villains. Like I, I know that the Lord Ruler feels, and I think I've said this before. I know that the Lord Ruler feels like a very in depth villain but it's it's so hard to feel like that's actually true because we only get like what three scenes in the whole book where he's actually present you know maybe four and so he just doesn't feel like 
super active. Now, like the story building through like the journals and stuff like, you know, yeah, that, that starts to give him like a little bit of depth and you understand his backstory and like where he came from. And, but I think overall the like villain of the story is actually more like, like the system, you know, and it, like the Lord ruler is like a symbol of that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's almost like the way that society, like almost like society itself is the villain or something like that. Like, that's what they're besides like the inquisitors is just like a, like this big monstrous villain that they have to like fight. <laughs> yeah. You were really scary. And you're going to kill them. Yeah. You know, he, he feels a little bit like, uh, I, I, I think I've always felt with Mistborn that they're in, in the final empire book itself, that there was a little bit more room to, um, to build in like scenes or something that would have kind of, built into the the Lord Ruler as like a villain and a character. I think there's like a little bit of, of, of a gap there. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, the, I, I do think that it, it is interesting because you think you know a lot more about the Lord Ruler than you do mm-hmm. because it's not the person that you think you know. Right. But so, okay, I, I guess let me ask you this. So the, the villains of like the noblemen that aren't uh, Elland, mm-hmm. right? Like the people that are oppressing... Do you, do you see them as villains or do you see them as a product of the society of what lo- the Lord Ruler has created? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I, I would definitely say that they are villains, but I think like bad people will always exist in a society, right? Because none of them are, are besides maybe like Lord Venture, like none of them are, and uh, oh, yeah, uh, Shen's a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> um, and like Shen, Illyrial, like yeah. they're the only two that are like nobles that are villains that like are really kind of like named and kind of given character. And so, like, that does add a little bit of depth. But again, I think they're sort of almost meant to be caricatures or, like, faces of, like, the evils that exist in the society. It's like, like, Lord Venture would have existed. He, Someone to take his place would have existed in this society the way that it's built. You know, if this was another society that, like, didn't re- necessarily reward that level of, like, cruelty and malice um, and, and cunning and all those things. Like, he maybe wouldn't have been in like such a position of power because the society exists the way that it does. Someone's like him is going to kind of an inevitability almost. Okay. Yeah. I can buy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I wanted to raise that point because I kind of agree with you. It does feel like there's not, it feels like they're fighting the, the system. Like, yeah, fight rage the system. against the machine. Rage like, against the machine. That's right. It's not necessarily like one person, which like Lord ruler, but like he's more of a symbol than he is a person of an actual villain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which like, to be fair, it's Mistborn the Final Empire, not Mistborn the Lord Ruler. Right? Yeah, yeah, that that's a great point. Uh, I wonder who the villain in the next book is going to be, or the next two books. Or the next two That'd books. That'd be weird, right? Huh? Yeah. Isn't it interesting though that like in the you actually know the terms Well of Ascension and Hero of Ages. Yeah, like from Mistborn, like you. Yep. Those, those are the title of like books two and three. Yep. And you've already heard those those terms. So yeah, do a little thinking on what that could mean. The books. Are Ooh, about. <laughs> <laughs> read those books because they're 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 great. Yeah, they're great. It's very strong throughout. So yeah, I think villains are an area that could be like improved in the book, but I think overall, like you don't really miss that, right? There's so many strengths in the book anyway, that there is good story arc and world building around the villains. And so it kind of gets like covered up, but not like the biggest strengths of the book. And the reason why we typically tell people to read these books are because the, uh, the magic system, the hard magic system and the world building is like, it's so incredibly strong. And that's true for like a lot of Sanderson books. Um, but this is the good, like kind of, bite-sized reason as to like why that is like such a such a as to why that's so strong so in terms of like world building what do you think are some of like the stronger i guess elements or examples of world building that uh, sanderson puts out in mistborn yeah the, the, i mean the mist right <laughs> yeah like right it, it starts just like what a that. unique idea yeah ash fell from the sky and it talks about how I, we talked about in the world building episode something that you put into a world needs to affect 
how people react and behave in that world. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, we, we use Sanderson as the golden example here, but I think the, the mist, like, like Ska are afraid to go out in the mist, like the mist wraiths. What are they? The Chandra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Vin's scared of them, but they're harmless, right? Like, right. like they're, they're, they're just not, they, they eat, they're scavengers. They, they eat dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They eat dead things. Uh, they consume those dead things, but because of, the connotation and the mist are evil and you don't want to be out in the mist because the evil can get you. Mm-hmm. It adds to that layer of suppression, yeah. I think, which is kind of cool. It's almost like a physical representation of the suppression that the ska have. Oh, that's a good point. Um, and so I, I, that's, that's my favorite part of the world building is the, the mist and mm-hmm. just how that affects everyday life. And then mistborn and Mistborn embrace the mist and yeah. they they're the people out there you don't want to run into a mistborn right <laughs> like the guards don't question mistborn yeah it's like kelsier and vin can walk around they're ska but they can walk around because they have the cloak yeah and just kind of you get to learn a lot about the city a lot about the rules a lot about how people think just by the actions that they're so confidently walking around mm-hmm. and so you you definitely you're immediately placed into knowing that these people are in a position of power Mm-hmm. They're not questioned. They can pretty much do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And it's kind of all revolves around this mist, right? It, it's such like kind of a unique, like just take a natural phenomenon mm-hmm. and play with it. And play and, with it, yeah. And it, it's like metaphorically and physically, it just works really well in describing the story mm-hmm. and, and kind of giving those storytelling uh, details that Sanderson does so well. Yeah, for sure. I think they like... The first scene where Kelsier is talking to a band of like plantation ska, it, it's just a scene of world building. That's all that's yeah. going on, you know. So yep. it's like it's setting the stage for like who Kelsier is. It's showing the ska being scared of the mist. It's showing like their repression. It shows like the nobleman taking a taking someone's daughter and like the ska not being able to do anything about that. Right. That gives you such an immediate sense of like the the oppression that they are dealing with it shows them being scared to eat the food like the nobleman food that kelsier brings them right it's just like it's like almost every paragraph has like some new there's like an older ska and it talks about how like that's rare and like how he's not quite the leader because he doesn't have the energy for that because you know and it's like all of these things are like adding up to paint this picture for you that's really just actually a fairly short meaningless scene but it immediately helps you understand like what it means to be a ska versus what it means to be a nobleman versus like what kelsier is yeah. When, when I first read that, I was super confused. Like, I was like, where is this book going? Yeah. But then I, like, throughout the book, I kept looking back on that and it kind of helped me realize, like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, this is why they want to revolt. This is, this is the life that they're living. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, they don't, like, realize that they can revolt. Cause one of the other things that can kind of tie into the villains of the Lord Ruler is, like, like, it's said multiple times, like, He's God. You can't kill God. Yeah. Right. And he's positioned himself in this way that God is ruling over the Scott and the nobles. Mm-hmm. The nobles get the benefit over the Scott, but it's God. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever he says goes. Like he wears the metal bracers, which is because he's a ferrochemist, mm-hmm. but he wears them. Even though it's dangerous, the noblemen wear them too. Yeah. That happens all the time in like today's world, right? Like celebrities wear something they go through a new style or something and people want to emulate that mm-hmm. and so I, I think that that was a kind of a cool thing to throw in there yeah um yeah i thought that was very clever yeah <laughs> especially because like you're literally giving your enemies a weapon that you're wearing right yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i love the 
scene well i guess first of all I lo- he does a lot of world building through kelsier i'm realizing that's kind of like the main point of his character yeah um but the raid that kelsier does on keep venture it's like oh yeah you know it's like very early in the book and he hasn't fully described like what the medals do yet nope yep but he does it in that scene and it's again not by like not by like telling you it's, you're not like reading a textbook of how allomancy works um but you get this crazy like infiltration and fight scene where he is pushing and pulling on metals, right? He's like using tin to enhance his senses. He's like burning copper to give himself a cloud. And, like he walks through like five or six of the elements and you're like, Oh, like that's how these work, you know? And it's, but it's such, it's such an engaging scene too, even though like storyline wise, it's actually fairly meaningless. Mm-hmm. I think he's there to like get some ATM or something yep. like it's, it's not really all that important, but as like the reader, it like engages you in learning the, uh, magic system because like the way that he is fighting right where he like picks up something some heavy metal block and he's like pushing it and pulling it and like tricking people and you know he he comes across as like crafty and it it becomes obvious that you have to be not only powerful but also like very skillful and clever in order to be successful within this magic system yeah and like what we, what we said before is that typically world building and magic are so closely tied together yeah and good authors will make sure that that is done i think even like with that fight scene where he's you know raiding the ventures mm-hmm. uh what's kind of cool is that you get to see him fight the normal like the normal soldiers yeah and like they're wearing metal he gets to push them off the balcony kills them easy peasy yeah but then like the uh the haze killers i think they're called yes they they come in and there's no metal on them they're using glass daggers and it's mm-hmm. like oh like this is how the world has progressed like these are the these are the the professionals right yeah. like the, yeah. the other guys raise the alarm so that if a misborn attacks the world has built itself so that there are counterattacks to Mistborn, mm-hmm. which is super logical. <laughs> like, right? right? Like that 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 would definitely happen. Yeah, I uh, would not want that job. I would not but, want that job. Like seven of them die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the last guy like backs out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a great point. I never kind of like really thought about Kelsier's not as like overall purpose as a character, but like kind of what he's written as is to describe the world. Yeah, um, he's yeah. the teacher. Right, because he's the one who knows how it works. Yeah. So he's kind of leading you, both you as the reader and also Vin kind of like yeah. in, in, you know, introducing you to how everything works. It's really well done by Sanderson. For sure. Like we said, Sanderson also does a lot of just like introducing a concept in the book and not explaining it till like halfway through the book. <laughs> yeah. Like that, kind of just dropping those little, which like it makes sense because it's written from a third person limited, right? And so like Kelsier knows what a chondra is. He doesn't have to go through like an internal yeah. monologue of like what it means to be a chondra. But like to the reader, you're like, like he just drops that term, right? They drop the term like misting. They drop the term um, mist wraith. They drop the term like chondra. And you're like, I don't, I don't like, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and it helps you like, I think stay engaged, but it can also be a little bit like taunting. <laughs> you know, yeah. At times you're like, uh, why, why, why don't you just tell me what it means to be a chondra? <laughs> Um, but also, like, if he exposed, like, quote, Lord Renew, right, um, who is a chondra who actually has a different name, that we don't, I don't think we learn his name. Like, I don't think con- so. Yeah. No. Not, like, the chondra are recurring species, I guess, people in the uh, in the follow-up books. So they're, they're another kind of race that you learn more about as, as you go on. Yep. But there's, like, it's, it's if we had known that, like, that was even a possibility towards the beginning of the book, I think it would have... First of all, it would have ruined some of the plans that like that Kelsier had for Lord Renew. Obviously, with him like being able to become Kelsier and kind of appear as like you know this Messiah or whatever towards the yeah. end of the book. Yeah, but it also would have like 
been like super confusing because like earlier on you would have been like you're already wondering like okay who's a misting like or maybe even a misborn amongst like all the nobles and yep. stuff like what if you had to worry about if they were just not that person <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just not a human <laughs> right, they're not human would have been super concerning in the whole yeah, book that guy died six years ago yeah like, <laughs> wow and like they kind of hint at that a little bit because they dropped the term miswraith and, and they're talking about I, I think it's something along the lines it's like he looks exactly like Lord Renew or something mm-hmm. like that. When, mm-hmm. when uh, they're Kelsier in the very, very beginning of the book is kind yeah. of explaining how he has this nobleman. It's like, how'd you get a nobleman to join you? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> yeah. And they kind of explain that and they tease it, which on the reread makes it like, oh, okay, like they're pulling in elements and you can definitely tell that there is a overarching like vision for the book yeah. that on the reread, it's, I think it's almost even I don't know if it's better. Like it's because the Mistborn right. has such a cool like. Although we did forget that Rashik is. The oh yeah, one hundred percent. That was totally, an awesome reveal. Yeah. A second like, oh, that's time. so cool. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great the first read, and it's fantastic again the second and third because yeah. you just keep picking up on things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's why we enjoy talking about it so much. I mean, it, it is one of the books that comes up most on the podcast. But that, that's one reason for it is because there is a lot of content and there is a lot that, like you said, that was kind of sprinkled throughout the book. And so we love kind of picking up on those little tidbits and rehashing them and, and, and revisiting them. Um, it's also why the like reading the second and third book is is so tempting because it, it continues to develop <laughs> the races and characters that were kind of only like barely introduced into these first into this first book continues to develop into the magic systems that exist um, and and. You know, because like we we learn about ferrochemy, but we haven't quite learned the extent of it. We don't know what all of the metals do in like a ferrochemical sense. We know what they do um, in the in the allomancy sense, but not not quite in the ferrochemical sense. Um, we also know like that there's this like all the metals are paired, but there's like an eleventh metal. So like, how do the pairings work now? And there's a little bit of confusion. And Vin um, uses like a new metal when she's captured, right? That like burns all of her metals, which away, is a twelfth metal potentially. What is and, that? Yeah, and so like and what would that be paired with right so there's yeah. a lot of like still kind of think like sanderson has shown you most of the ma- magic system but there's still a lot to go you know yeah and it's I, part w- of I wonder if there are clues or hints like he did in the first book <laughs> Do you think in there the might first be? book that kind of if you read the second and third book you're like ooh, mm, i know what that a, means <laughs> I, I don't know it could be may not but maybe it could be i'm just that, saying not everything has been answered yet yeah if you if you're if you've gotten this far into the episode, you've probably read Mistborn. One hundred percent recommend you read the next two books. Yeah, absolutely. the 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 follow up trilogy is fun. I don't think it's necessary to read. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say that fun is a good description. Yeah, um, it's it's quirky. Quirky. Yeah, it's kind of like in a steampunk setting. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, yeah, so it's bringing like new technology in, and it's I think at that point, if I remember right, like Mistborn are no longer a thing, but there are like, because like the Ska and the Noble classes have been kind of like interbreeding for like a couple hundred years. Um, but like dual element or like dual, I guess. Uh, I think they're Ferrochemist and mis- Mistings. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Um, or like people have like two like Misting powers or yeah. something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But they have multiple powers potentially is, is the main thing. And so like the main character has that because I think the main no, I don't want to tell this book. Yeah, but. yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It's a unique take on the magic system. I yeah. think not as good as the first. Would agree. First yeah. trilogy, but it's definitely like worth checking out uh, if you like it. I do really like Wayne. Like, yeah, I think Wayne is probably one of my favorite 
fantasy characters yes, of all time. Characters, yeah. um, he's he's just a great character. Yeah. So I like to ask this question: What was your favorite part of Mistborn: The Final Empire? As we wrap up. Oh man, like my favorite like moment or whatever. Sure. Or okay. Or like scene. Your choice. <laughs> okay. My my favorite scene is um, is Kelsier fighting the Inquisitor, like one on one fighting the Inquisitor, because there's so many like. Like first of all, he has one of those like, all right, fine, let's do this kind of moments, which is like, I just like, <laughs> I, I love that as like a moment, you know? Yeah. Like, but it happens right after like he's like kind of dodging and like playing with the Inquisitor, right? And one of the like people who's escaping, like the Inquisitor, just reaches over and like cuts her head off. Yeah. And he's like, "You're gonna run away from me? I'm gonna start killing people." Yeah. And he's and that's when Kelsier's like, "You know what? Fine, let's go." <laughs> and he, um, but he has like all these like clever new ways, and you see like how, like really how full into his like specifically like iron steel power. He is right, and he's dancing around with like a hundred different flying little fragments of metal, and it's like, okay, this is like we we know that Vin is good, but like this is what it means to be misborn. Yes, like, this is what it can. Be. There's power here. Yeah, for sure, and it's really the I think it's probably the main scene where Kelsey like really just goes off. Yeah, because the other times like it's actually being told from Vin's perspective, and uh, like like the other fights with the Inquisitors and stuff, and you really don't see like what he's actually doing where in this scene he kind of like describes how he's you know manipulating and moving and all of the intricate details Mm -hmm. and you're like oh there's a lot that goes into this like he and i think even like it maybe switched to vin's perspective at some point where he's like oh he's the expert in these metals (laughs) right like she does yeah she says that because the the fight goes on for actually quite a bit of time yeah and so it does that i'm okay with that yeah exactly (laughs) 100 um so it does switch back and forth between a couple different perspectives by the time the fight is like actually over yeah oh yeah so, that that's a great yep. so what I about think, you so mine is also a fight with an inquisitor but it's vin yeah yeah so when vin is going into critic shaw at the very end uh after kelsier has died and she right, faces then. yeah rip in power um <laughs> <laughs> when, when she's facing the inquisitors and she has the glass arrowheads with the metal on oh yeah that, that was so sick i love that yeah where she like throws them and is you know steel pushing them yeah. into the Inquisitors and the Inquisitors just kind of like bah and like push the rings off the back of them and the glass daggers still go. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Like that is crazy. Like she thought of that just on the fly. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of goes to show that her ingenious and it's like, she cannot win in a, like she can't, she couldn't beat Kelsey in a like one-on-one battle, like just mm. pure will, right? She's not going to beat an Inquisitor. Two Inquisitors I think are there. There are two. Yeah. Yeah. It, she can't win that fight. She has to use something other than Alamancy, which is cleverness, mm-hmm. to win that fight. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Because the other one, she like throws like pewter dust in its face. Yeah, because and, it only sees the lines. Yeah, which like no one knew that, but like she just kind of in. Yep. It's almost intuitive where she's like, I bet they're seeing through Alamancy because they don't have eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so she throws like metal in their face and it's like, I hope you can't see now and just keeps <laughs> on running. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's so clever. And then she like, she burns the 11th metal, mm-hmm. uh, which. Um, has a name but yeah but the I, name isn't given in the yeah in, the it, first, in the first book um uh, and kind of and that's how she realizes that the lord ruler is not a lindy mm-hmm. which i totally thought was uh oh shit what's the lord of the rings um alendil alendil yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> wait hold on a second <laughs> yeah but like so she that's how she realizes that it's not a lindy um and that is reshek mm-hmm. and that he's actually a ferrochemist and what leads, you know, him or her and Marsh to like, it's just like her cleverness kind of shines 
throughout yeah. that entire like couple scenes and yeah. that that's my favorite part which is you know it's the end of the book right like it's yeah it's kind of cheesy to say that's my favorite part but it's like, <laughs> i just love it it's just so cool it's very satisfying also sure. when says it like just like comes in and he's like all like wimpy yeah he's like oh no i just stored this up and just like goes hulks out yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally hulks out and just like, people are like running away yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I, Just rewrite I, the whole book from Sazed's perspective. I would love to, you know, we talk about like uh, Ender Shadow being Bean, yeah. you know, in Ender's Game. Just like Mistborn, but from Sazed's perspective. <laughs> oh, here I go killing again. Here I go killing. <laughs> oh, look, that Inquisitor hunted down Vin. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> GG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I love this discussion. I love this book. Absolutely. I, I, I will be reading the next couple of books probably after uh, Rhythm of War because yeah. I, I'm in that Mistborn spirit now. Yeah. I actually, so I don't know if you know this, at for each one of our book analysis episodes that we do, I actually set the background of my phone to the book. So mm. right now it's like all the uh, allomantic symbols. Oh, yeah. Like it was Lord of the Rings. I had a Star Wars one. And so like I, I'm excited to see what goes on, but like, just like I'm fully immersed in Mistborn right now. Love it. Um, so I, I'm really excited to read some more of those. We do have a full spoiler Mistborn channel on the Discord. Yep. So if you have read or if you are currently reading and you finish, come hang out on the Discord. Let's talk about because there's a lot of shit that goes down in yeah. the next two books. Yeah. And so I, I, I would love to talk about that with you. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on pretty much any social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Check out our website for all the show notes and uh we we love talking with you uh we're gonna post uh the the icebreaker question on on a couple of the social media accounts so let us know your thoughts for a shout out on next episode yep uh so don't forget to recommend me a book oh yeah don't need a book <laughs> i need a book <laughs> rhythm of war, rhythm uh, of war. <laughs> it took me forever to realize that i could turn off the audible setting that would just sync me to your location of whatever book you're you reading. can do that yes <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> yeah, because I was like, because I we had talked about how I had like actually read about ten hours or listened to ten hours of Mistborn mm-hmm. before I started Way of Kings. Oh yeah, and then like when I like reloaded Mistborn, it just like took me to where you were, which was like twenty six minutes in. I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> just, like, but yes, it is a setting you can turn it off. <laughs> That's good to know because I I t- you you mentioned the scene about. Um, the recruiting and the, the women in red dresses, you know, I skipped that scene. I don't remember reading that this time. I, I think I must have like skipped to wherever you were and just like screwed it up somehow. Gotcha. So, yeah. So that, like, that is the scene. That. <laughs> that is the scene where uh, where uh, clubs and Vin get to train together. So gotcha. That's why I, I totally forgot. That or clubs and Breeze or uh, Vin and Breeze. There we go. Yeah. Get because he's together. the soother. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Well, this is a fun conversation. Really fun. So if if you don't have anything else, I think I'm I think good. we're gonna go drink some more. We're so. gonna drink some more. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.